Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 896, air date March 12th, 2021. We're going to start in a little while, but I think people will be coming in here. Still the morning? Okay. We still have morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I'm going to be doing an interview on America Media, right? American Media, American Media Periscope. American Media Periscope. And then we have people joining us here on uh, uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Periscope, uh, 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 D, uh, Twitch, etc. So I start a little bit early, Sean, so uh, we'll start shortly. But I think we want to have a discussion here um, talking about the state of the state, um, talking about obviously uh, what occurred here in Massachusetts, our lawsuit, I assume. And then we want to talk about Trump. I want to also expand it to the larger context of Republicans and Democrats and left and right. But more importantly, to give people a direction, the solution that we've come up with, actually an innovative solution of how we move forward, which goes back to what we call first principles. So um, that's what we want to talk about. And absolutely. What other yes, stuff? My- what, other, what other areas do you want to cover? As people are coming uh, in. Yeah. Well, my, my audience is very interested in finding out what motivated you to, to run for the Senate the two times that you did, what exactly happened uh, with the election integrity issues, and uh, what's what you're currently doing about it, and how that parallels the whole Trump saga, you know, and how maybe he and his team handled things differently, and what people are kind of expecting or waiting or hoping that Trump is going to do with all this money that he's fundraising, right? So um, would it be okay for, for my side to do a quick intro uh, so that uh, my producer can prepare this for our, our network? Sure. Do you, do you need to do that? I can I can sort of put you on mute and I can just talk to our audience. Is that okay? Is that what you, you're going to do like your intro? Um, no, it, it can be at the same time that you're on the screen. That's That's no problem. Oh, okay. So I, I just I just need to say you know who I am and wh- who we're interviewing, and, and then I get into the questions for you. Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me just. All right. So what I'll do is I'll just let people know that you're doing that on here. Okay. okay. So. Okay. Go ahead, Sean. Yep. So everyone, this is uh, I'm doing. Oh, am I inter- interrupting with you? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So today I'm here with an esteemed guest, Dr. Shiva, and uh, people in our audience are very familiar with him. He ran for the Senate two times, and he has four degrees from MIT, an inventor and entrepreneur. Uh, Dr. Shiva, you've been kind of celebrated and accepted by the establishment, but then you decided to go out and speak kind of against the establishment narrative, what motivated you to, to do that and to run for the Senate? Yeah, so Sean, it's a very interesting question. Yes, we have people coming in. So look, um, I think the background that I have is uh, one that was never part of the establishment and one that was always been fighting the establishment. I think I'm a mutation in some sense because I was, uh, because perhaps my, uh, parents, the hard work I did, the great people that I met working, uh, growing up in New Jersey, 
I was very fortunate because I um, was able to get all the, you know, the awards and all the distinction that the establishment likes to uh, deem on people, right? Including four degrees from MIT, a Fulbright scholarship, won every award while I was at MIT, was on the front page for all different things I invented. But during that time, uh, while I was doing all my work in engineering and science, in parallel to that, you can go look back as early as when I was 17, 18 years old. There's a picture of me burning the South African flag on the steps of MIT. There's a picture of me organizing the food service workers at MIT. Um, I was the only guy who graduated my PhD holding up a sign which said U.S. out of Iraq. Half of the crowd booed me and the other half, you know, gave me a standing ovation. So I have felt compelled never to give that up, never to sell out uh, in any way. It wasn't like uh, a lot of these liberals, a lot of the white liberals who do stuff, you know, the rich kids who come in and do stuff because it's cheeky to do it. They build a career on it. And some of these journalists, you and I were talking about, that's my view of them. Um, everything they do is very calculated, whether it's going to win them an Academy Award, whether it's going to win them an Emmy. Um, and we should talk about that um, because I, I never was that calculated. It was more that I came from a background in India where, you know, you're dark skin, low caste, untouchable. My, my parents, uh, the fact that my mom even got educated at that time, a woman coming from her background, and my dad who came from war-torn Burma, he never saw his first book until he was 10 or 11 years old under a mango tree. And then those two people somehow made it out of India to come here. And I'm here with you at this point is frankly quite extraordinary. It's probably one in a trillion to the power of a trillion. And that would only have occurred in a place like America in my view. Um, and that was because, you know, India has a caste system. Most other countries have a caste system. It's beyond even race. It's a fact a small set of people literally are programmed to think they're the chosen people. They're better than other people right? They're the ones who make decisions for everyone else. Um, and so I mean, there are all these words that have been used to throughout history. Uh, our uh, distinction, our caste uh, was supposed to in India just pick coconuts the rest of their lives. A caste is you're born into a vocation and that's all you're supposed to do because you're dumb, you're stupid, everyone else is smart. They're the elites. Well, the reason I was compelled to run for office was because I saw that same phenomenon taking place in this country. You know, a small set of people thinking, they're the ones who are going to control. They're going to tell everyone else what to do. And that's what we have in this country today. And to the extent that the establishment doesn't, and in this case, the lower caste people in this country um, are the working people. And when I say the working people, I want to define it probably in the terms of the true definition of proletariat, which has been, and I want to use that term and I'll explain why. The definition of people who actually make something, create something, uh, uh, use their labor to make something. Not There's another term, by the way, Karl Marx used called lumpen proletariat, which was referring to those people who did not work, who were criminals, who were uh, basically leeching off people. And it seems like people like Bernie Sanders and the quote unquote left, they've defined the proletariat, the worker to be those people. They do not want people working. They do not want people innovating. They do not want people, um, you know, working their way up and the and the left and the right collude together on this democrat and republican and this has been happening for a very very long time um so this is something that we teach in this program that i put together because i believe what's happened is just like you have engineering physics to understand how to build a computer or in software engineering or how to build a bridge and i have a degree in mechanical engineering electrical engineering how to build biological systems there is a physics to building political systems or understanding political systems. 
And so people are meandering out there, a lot of grifters, a lot of these journalists, a lot of politicians, be Trump or Bernie, Biden or, by the way, at that level, they know what they're doing. By the way, they're very conscious of these systems. But the bottom line is the American working people have been completely uh, been um, uh, worked, overworked, right? Uh, their incomes have been destroyed over the last 50 years. Uh, we have two American pies, as I've talked about. And this is the distraction that they, this is a reality, the distraction that they do not want us talking about. What they want us talking about is, you know, you know, two idiots in the, in the, in the, in the Royal White House or you know, in, the ro in the royalty, right? Or Buckingham Palace. They want us talking about Trump fighting the RNC or Bernie fighting the DNC. They want us to be in the WWF world. They do not want working people rising up, bottoms up, independent of both political parties. And if you understand that concept, we can go much deeper uh, into what we want to talk about. But fundamentally, it's the working people, not only in the United States, globally, who've been screwed over by a small set of people with massive number of distractions. And yeah, I think that, that kind of message resonates with most people in the world. Populism is surging everywhere. And yet in America, with what happened with your election, with what happened with, with Trump's election, uh, people are thinking, hey, my vote doesn't even count. What's the point in participating? I know that you believe that people shouldn't give up and become complacent. They should actually take action. But what exactly happened with, with your uh, with your election, with the destroyed ballot images, and where are you at with the, the lawsuits? Yeah, so let's talk about that. First of all, to summarize, we have... We have the only, not one, but two lawsuits in the entire country, the only two lawsuits, uh, which are the only ones that have survived dismissal. Trump, all of his lawsuits have been thrown out. They raised $300 million between, uh, th that, that appeared between November to January. Um, our lawsuits have been, are the only two that have not been dismissed and have gotten three victories, which I'll talk about. Could probably argue four victories with our recent one on Friday, okay? And that wasn't done by Rudy Giuliani, who was getting paid $100,000 a week, as I understand. Uh, it wasn't done by teams of lawyers who basically lost to teams of lawyers on Trump's side who make, I mean, it's just sort of indicative. They made, look at some of their, uh, the lawsuits they wrote up, they're just horribly written. Just spelling mistakes galore. I mean, it's quite amazing. These lawsuits were filed by me in federal court. No one represented me. I did all the research. You know, I had a, a, you know, some good friends helping me. But besides that, I represented myself in federal court against three lawyers, two of them Harvard-trained lawyers. And why is it that our lawsuits are have not been dismissed and we're making gains? And why is it all of Trump's lawsuits were thrown out and he netted around $300 million to him and the RNC? So I want to start there because... I gave money to Trump, supported him. By the way, to give you my election history, I never voted in my life, okay, ever. Because by the time I was 18, 19 and uh, uh, 1984, I had figured out the entire scam when Jesse Jackson, some of you may remember 1984, Jesse Jackson was acting like he was the anti-establishment candidate, sort of like the, a Trump or a Bernie. Remember Trump and Jesse Jackson were all, and Ross Perot were part of the reform party at one point. Okay, so Jesse was running the Rainbow Party and he came out acting as though he's an anti-establishment guy. And me, you know, being 
you know, I'd read pretty much all revolutionary political theory by the time I was 18 because I grew up in India in this caste system. I grew up on working class people. I was very interested in systems of injustice. So by that time, I figured a lot of this out. So when I saw Jesse, wow, maybe he is anti-establishment. He was bringing together people of all different, you know, beyond left and right. But what does he do on the floor of the Democratic Convention? Right. He gives all of his votes to Walter Mondale and he gives a sorry ass speech saying, oh, well, the raisin in the wind. I mean, you can go listen to this just nonsense, you know, um, and then says, you know, the lesser of two evils. And so that's when at that at that age, I figured out that both parties suck. Both parties take advantage of working people. And I started a newspaper on campus called The Student, little leaflet. We challenged the, you know, 50 page um, campus newspaper which was funded by the administration. We would print it on our own mimeograph machines. We'd hand it out. We would attack left and right, Republican and Democrat. We used that to organize. We did lots of, uh, quite uh, amazing. This was during the eighties when there was supposedly little political fanfare. So those were my politics, ground organizer, understanding the power of the message. So when Trump, so I never voted ever because I didn't like either party, but when Trump ran, I, wa I was watching his behavior. He was saying enough things against the establishment, almost like Jesse Jackson appearing from the right. And he was also attacking his own party, okay? So anyway, never voted. I decided to vote for, for him, um, gave him money. And then in 2017, uh, after I was invited to the inauguration, decided that I would also run for office, first against Elizabeth Warren in 2018. She's a woman who claimed that she was a Native American our slogan was only the real Indian could defeat the fake Indian. It was a great slogan from a messaging standpoint. We had a bus with a picture of her uh, in her headdress and me. The city of Cambridge tried to say I had to take my banner down. We sued them. We won that lawsuit. But what we found was the biggest opponents to us, and I registered as a Republican, were not the Democrats, but the Republicans. First, I had to run in a primary in order to run against Elizabeth Warren. Well, in the primary, you would think that the Republican Party would embrace someone like me, four degrees from MIT, seven companies, successful, right? But the Republican scum swamp in Massachusetts had selected their own, one of their own doofuses, a guy who was a complete idiot, a failed sign salesman, never had done anything, right? He photoshopped a picture with Trump. There's four, three hands in the picture. So the Republican establishment knew as the Trump movement was rising. They needed someone to act like a Trumper. So they find this fool. We took the forensics and we said, look, this is a fake picture. But the fake Trumpers and the never Trumpers united against an outsider. They didn't ever want me on the ballot. So we ran as independents. Now you have to understand, I got all the 20,000 signatures to get on the ballot, bottoms up. We had volunteers all across Massachusetts. We had probably 4,000 of these fake Indian, real Indian signs. We're the ones who forced Elizabeth Warren to take the DNA test. I said, I'll give you my $10 million building in Cambridge long before Don Trump Jr. came along, okay? And she took the DNA test, she failed. And, but bottom line, we got 100,000 votes as an independent candidate, five times more than any US Senate candidate who ran as an independent. And both parties colluded against us to keep me off the debate stage. We had to file another lawsuit on that, okay? And the lawyer representing us, we find out at the last minute, he was an anti-Trumper, a friend of, friend of Paul Ryan's. We learned that he screwed my lawsuit up. I should have represented myself. That's what I learned my lesson. So in 2020, when we decided to run, um, we said, fine, we'll run as a Republican. We'll take them on. And this time, the GOP establishment, again, the crooks, 
remember the GOP. So the way you want to understand this, and we teach this in our course, you know, in, in the course we put together, people can go to vashiva.com slash join. I realize there's a need to train people on political theory. So one way of thinking about this, first, you have to understand the foundations of systems, the science of everything, which I've put together. But that foundation of systems can be used to understand your computer, your body and political systems. It's the same core foundational science. So one of the things that's key to understanding that is the not so obvious establishment. Just like you have gravity or electricity or magnetism, there is a force in the universe of politics called the not so obvious establishment. Okay, those who have created their existence also create the controlled opposition. It is their means. So if you think about the eagle, right, which represents, you know, it's the, the American uh, mascot, right, of the Republic, you have the head, which is the establishment. It has two shoulders. Well, one shoulder is is the left, which is the um, which is the people closest to the establishment, right? Like the Bidens, the Obamas, um, the uh, the Clintons, etc. Right. But you also have, on, the, on the right, you have the, you know, uh, similarly, right? You have the Romneys, right? You have the Mitch McConnells. Okay, those are the shoulders. Okay, that's obvious to see. Okay, those guys are the establishment. However, the establishment cannot survive without having those wings, okay? Those wings flap, they create, right, flow, so you get lift, which is what keeps the establishment going. Well, what are those wings? Those wings, those end wings of the establishment are the left fringe, the so-called left radical element, quote unquote, and the right radical element. And the establishment seeks these out and it needs them. So you look on the left, Jesse Jackson was the left, radical left in, in the 80s. Bernie Sanders in 2016, revolution, I care about workers. Here's a guy who never worked a day in his life really, was a couch server, wrote erotic novels that failed, was a failed carpenter. That's who he actually is, knows nothing about working people. Basically made his way by just hanging out in Vermont, okay? He, ha he was like a bum and people saw this bum long enough, they said, okay, we'll vote him into office, okay? So that's Bernie Sanders. So, or, or even if you look at an Ocasio-Cortez. So they say enough stuff because they know the sentiment of working people is working people in their gut know they're being screwed. So these people say enough angry things to make them seem like they're their fighters. Okay, so it, they talk the talk. But the indication of that they're not part of the working people is what do they always do? At the last minute, they'll talk even against, in the Bernie case, against the, their DNC shoulder establishment. But at the last minute, they'll say, lesser of two wheels, we got to get Biden in. We got to get Hillary in. And that's what Bernie did. And a lot of my friends who were following Bernie, I said, you're frankly stupid. He's going to sell you out like Jesse did. No, 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 no. Bernie's a revolutionary. He's a fighter. No, he isn't. Look at his background. He, yeah, he proved that two times, right? <laughs> he proved that twice. But you have a lot of stupid people who don't want to accept this. Okay. They, they don't want to accept this. Okay. Because they do not understand physics. They do not understand political physics. So that's, and you have the Kennedys on the left on every issue. So every issue always becomes this dialectic with the shoulder and the arm. Now the right has had the Mitch McConnells, the Lindsey Grahams, you know, those people. Here comes Trump, okay? Now, Trump says a lot of stuff to get the American working class also ex reflect their anger. Lock her up, lock her up, build a wall, right? American jobs are being taken from China to China, right? Those kind of things. So... A lot of great rhetoric, you know, but 
look at, and we'll cover those four years, right? So Trump um, gets elected, potentially selected. We'll talk about that. And over the four years, Hillary Clinton did not get locked up. That was a slogan. That was a calling. In in 2015, I'd given a, a uh, interview to the New York Times as a guy who invented email. Um, they asked me my position on Hillary Clinton's email server. I said she should be in jail. I said this is they didn't print that, but they they, I, they did print the part where I said she put the server in her home to have deniability. All right. So it was egregious. I've talked to State Department officials in different countries, U.S. State Department officials. They said they pulled me aside. They said, we shouldn't tell you this, but she should be in jail. You took a U.S. government server and you put it in your home. Then you smashed hard drives. Then you hired people to do from another country to do a dossier. Not one thing Trump did. The day he got into office, and this is where it's hard. It's hard for, it was hard for me to break away from Jesse Jackson, 84, but I saw what he did. You have to do the right thing at the right time with the right people. That's called integrity. That's called standing up. That's called courage. That's what Alan McDonald did. I did a, 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 a honorary to him yesterday. He's a guy who said the right thing because he knew the space shuttle was launched should not take place. So it's not about being in a cult. It's about looking at things as they are. So when you really look at Jesse Jackson, total loser, okay? He, he got it, by the way, he got a, a private plane out of the deal. Bernie Sanders got a home out of the deal. Well, Trump, let's look at Trump's history. Trump is a master advertiser, okay? His money has been made of licensing his brand. Trump hotels, Trump this, Trump this, Trump multi-level marketing solutions, Trump university, all right? The reality show. So... And it's hard for me to say this because I gave the guy money. I supported him, right? But the day, I remember the day he won, the next day, if you remember, he said, oh, Hillary's had, you know, she's she's been through a lot. And every all of us were in the cult. None of us said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. What happened to lock her up for 24 months? How many billions of times did all the number of people under the area of the curve say that billions of times, right? So overnight forgotten, overnight. And then the set of people came to the White House where all the shoulders of the establishment, Tillerson and go go down the list. These guys are, and John, what's his name? Um, the, the Warhawk, right? Bolton. I mean, these guys are like deeper deep state than you can get. And then you bring in someone like um, Jared Kushner whose father got him to Harvard with 2.5 million, who used to run slums here. He's now getting uh, a couple hundred million dollar loan out of Israel. Him and his wife are moving into a beautiful home next to Tom Brady. They made a shitload of money during their tenure. They didn't lose money. I'm sorry, they didn't. The American working people lost money. Lots of people lost jobs. Jared Kushner, 35, I don't know how old he is. How does he get to be senior advisor? And all the people around Trump were all opportunist fools. 99% of them, in and out, in and out, come in, then they go start some lobbyist job, all right? That's who Trump brought in. And for years, all of us said, poor Trump, he can't find people, poor Trump, poor Trump, poor Trump. Then you had the Q phenomenon start two weeks after he, he's elected. Trust the plan. We brought in Trump, some military event took place. So all of this brainwashing started right on. Now, why did that occur? Why did that occur? Here's, here's my systems analysis, you have to start intersecting the economy. Ultimately, it's the economy. In March of 2020, I did a tweet. 
when the when I heard about this quote unquote pandemic, I said this will go down in history as the biggest fear mongering hoax intended to suppress dissent, destroy economies, and push mandated medicine. It was a spectacular tweet. I mean, because that I could aged really well. <laughs> it aged really well. Because why now? Why was I able to say that? Because I'm a systems biologist who studied the immune system for nearly 20 years of my life. And my PhD is in the field. And in November of 2019, I was invited by the National Science Foundation to give the prestige lecture, which is one of the most honored lectures by the NSF on the immune system. Yet Wikipedia has a nerve, which we're probably gonna sue them hard, uh, calling me a pseudoscientist. And you know, this was even stupid Scott Adams, who, who's a grifter master, when I was saying, you know, vitamin D3, ha ha ha, he goes, what is Shiva talking about this bullshit about vitamin D3? He doesn't know what he's talking about. So we follow stupid people. We follow people who've not put in their time, like my friend, Frank, who's an electrician. You ask him about electric, he knows, he, he's put in 8,000 hours. He's a journeyman, he's a master electrician. We start trusting people like Tucker Carlson. We start trusting fools, Don Trump Jr., left and right, AOCs. So working- So yeah, I mean, we had Fauci in charge. You were speaking out against him. Uh, I many, people were, many people were wondering why did Trump put Fauci in charge when Trump obviously disagreed with him about almost everything. And people are thinking there's like a 5D chess thing going on where Trump is like purposefully putting deep state people in the midst. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, look, if you look at it, I was the first one to hit Fauci. Why? Because here I was an MIT PhD training. Everyone's, oh, Fauci saying this because he has all of his resume, his papers and all of that. The problem is the establishment didn't expect some some guy like me who's published in Nature, you know, one in a, I don't know how many ever millions of scientists even get a chance to publish in Nature, published in Cell, all the leading biological journals in the world. But I had studied the immune system for since 1993. It's a system. It's an engineering system. And I, I had known about Fauci's work on how he helped Robert Gallo, who was brought up, who was a guy who made up some of the fake HIV tests. And he was, he was being reprimanded for scientific misconduct. Fauci's the one who came and helped him. This is back in 93, 94, I was reading this stuff. And Fauci took to the forefront. He promoted the microbe creates, uh, every microbe is a cause of every disease. Forget nutritional deficiencies. This goes back a long time, back to the 1700s when you look at medicine, that this bug creates this. That, they thought the bug was creating scurvy. No, it wasn't that, it was vitamin C. They thought a bug was creating pellagra. It was, it was Italians coming in that they were unhygienic. No, it was vitamin, it was niacin deficiency, okay? So the history of medicine has always been to find some bug, some, you know, uh, to blame something. So I knew Fauci was a criminal because, you know, Kissinger, I think is a guy who said, if you wanna learn politics, he said, go become an academic. Academics who survive today in big academia are all politicians. They're mediocre now, mediocre, a D-level scientist. They learn how to wheel and deal. And this happened, um, Sean, since 1971 with the passage of the Mansfield Amendment, which destroyed science. Mansfield Amendment moved tons of money to two political organizations, NIH and NSF. You, you lost the real innovators or the real people in science because they had to fall in line and go be salesmen to get grant money all day. So today what you have is you have people who are salespeople, okay? Fauci's one of those guys. The fact that he's been there since Reagan, since how many ever president shows he knows how to manipulate. He knows he's a sleazeball. So he is out there telling people, and I can read this a mile away, 
So I did the first videos explaining people about the immune system. I got a call from a senior White House economist. And he said, Shiva, you can't use my name, but I, he goes, this is in early, mid-March. He goes, Trump is not listening to us. He's following Fauci. He's allowing health policy to guide economic policy. He goes, I fear we're headed for a grand depression. He goes, please do your videos. It was quite fascinating. This guy's a former Stanford professor on the White House. chief. So he calls me. And if you look, Sean, that's when I started doing three videos a day. It was a huge public service I did. All my businesses, you know, were put on hold. And I said, Jesus Christ, this freaking idiot, Fauci, is promoting himself. And not. And by the way, I, I have prof colleagues of mine at MIT who know this is nonsense, who won't say anything because, you know, Fauci and Francis Collins, NIH and NIAAD, uh, 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 you know, butter their bread. Okay? That's where they're getting the fun funding. But no one will go out and say this stuff because... You know, they don't know what it means to be a low caste untouchable from India and the honor it is to be in the United States. That You know, it's a huge thing that to me, it was about service. So I exposed Fauci hard. We collected 125,000 signatures. I wrote to Trump in a letter. I said, you don't need to shut down the whole economy. Take a personalized systems biology approach. Those people are immunocompromised. Fine. Give them a quarantine. Boost their immune system with D3A. I mean, gave a whole protocol. And the others, we should be out to work. And, I, and Marla Maples, in fact, contacted me. She said, you know, Tiffany loves you. She thinks you're epic. She loves all your videos. She hand-delivered my letter to him. And then the deputy uh, secretary in the White House called me of, of uh, domestic policy. Had a two-hour talk with him. I said, you need to fire this guy. I said, this guy's garbage. I said, you need to. So they had everything there. But who had Trump? Who did Trump bring in? This is what makes... And you can't say Trump is poor Trump. He didn't. I'm sorry. He's a president of the United States. He didn't bring guys like me in. He didn't bring Trump did not bring Trumpers in. Trump didn't do that. I know some of the scumbags he brought in from Massachusetts who were like. Well, he, he argued with, with, with Fauci publicly almost the whole time. So it doesn't make sense to a lot of us who are watching from the outside. Uh, what, what was the deal with that? Why would you bring on an advisor that you disagree with? You mean why would you bring on Fauci? They well, yeah. well, you have to understand who they keep him on. Well, from my, from, from what I understand, policies. from what I understand, the the person running the White House was Jared Kushner. Okay, so just step back. Who did did Trump could have done something momentous? He could have pardoned Assange and Snowden. That would have shown in action, in actual action that he cared about free speech, et cetera, but he didn't. Who did he pardon? He pardoned all sorts of people. In fact, he pardoned Jared Kushner's father, who's a complete scumbag. He hired a prostitute to manipulate his own brother-in-law. So you just have to look at actions. I gave money to Trump, supported him, right? Was always out there fighting for him. But when I saw this crap occur and I saw the kinds of people, even in Massachusetts, we didn't get, I mean, he should have supported us. Not one tweet, nothing. However, now let's move this forward to what actually took place So with our election. So I'm observing this, but I'm saying, okay, maybe he's got to do this. I don't understand. Maybe there's three-dimensional chess. I don't know about fourth-dimensional, but maybe there's some 3D chess. All of us did, right? He has to do this because of this. Something is coming, da-da-da-da-da, right? Very powerful stuff. Very powerful psychological operations were going on on all of us, frankly, okay? 
So what do we see take place? Well, we see him pushing warp speed. Fauci never gets fired. We delivered 125,000 signatures to the RNC. I drove our bus down for 10 hours. Hundreds of thousands of people signed that. Nothing, no acknowledgement, nothing. There was no executive orders against any of the violate, you know, Facebook, Twitter, no, nothing. Nothing happened. But we are on the verge of forced vaccinations. Censorship, you know, escalates. 600 billionaires double their wealth. Jeff Bezos, in March of 2020, his wealth was 110 billion. But six months later, his wealth became 220 billion. He doubled his wealth. Shawnee doubled his wealth. I'm sure Jared did well too. So we see the reality, the talk. So just like Bernie over here talking, 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 you know, and by the way, Bernie and AOC say stuff against the DNC, you know, the maybe the Democrats in name only, whatever, right? Just like we have the rhinos. So you have that dialectic. So people are like, oh yeah, well, he's fighting, blah, blah, blah. He's saying stuff, right? Talk, talk, talk. But look at the actions. The economy gets shut down. One out of five restaurants go out of business. You have the escalation of the diversion of the American pie, right? 25% um, of people today are un unemployed in this country. You, you bark at China all day. But you know, Facebook also barks at China. I don't know if you know it. Google also barks at China. I don't know if you know this. They say you should not split up Facebook. You should not split up Google. This will be, this will help China out. The pointing to other people is one of the clever ways that you never have to put the face up, you know, uh, you know, to, to, you don't have to put the mirror up to your own face. So that's what we have going on. So that's what Trump was doing. So now comes the election in Massachusetts. I, you know, we ran and uh, we had to run the primary in September 1st, 2020. You know, Trump never supported us. Don Jr. Know about, knew about us, nothing. Because they have friends here who are part of the not so obvious swamp, a guy called Howie Carr, who's a complete scumbag, who was supporting the guy who had three hands in the picture. A guy called Corey Lewandowski, who's now running Trump's uh, super PAC, total grifter. And so, so after a while, we didn't expect anything from Trump. We built our own bottoms up movement here. And our movement was based on truth, freedom, and health truth, freedom, and health. And that that slogan wasn't just a slogan, Sean. It was something deep. It was based on systems theory. It was based on engineering system science. It was saying without movement of matter, movement, you cannot, which is freedom. Transport in, in physics is, is, is in thermodynamics is movement. That's freedom. Without freedom, without transport, you can't uh, get to truth which is you can't have open debate, open discourse. You can't practice science to get to truth. That's called a conversion aspect in science, transport conversion, converting an idea, whether it's real or not to truth. And then without truth, you're never going to find what the reality is between what's out, you know, um, what's the real problem and a real solution is CO2. Is, is that the real problem? Is it lowering pollution? Does the Paris Accords lower pollution or does it increase pollution? No, it actually allows China to double their pollution. So, and then with health, you have the strength to fight for freedom, truth, freedom, and health. So what I want to do is, I think it's a good time if I can just play this video for you. Sure. Let, me, let me just play this video. Um, I think I can, yeah, let me play it right here for you because, and I'll come back to this. We'll just take a sort of a quick, a quick break here. What I want people to understand is that 
There can be no political movement that's real for working people without the right political physics. Let me repeat that there. You cannot have any real change. You can't build anything unless you understand the dynamics of a system. You may want to build a bridge. You're not going to be able to build it unless you understand force equals mass times acceleration. You understand some finite elements, right? There's no way. You can't go solve a, a problem in my plumbing system here unless you go through 8,000 years of journeyman training. You understand how a plumbing system works. You are not going to be able to build an airplane. Yeah, you can try, try, fall off a cliff and all those old pictures unless you actually understand Bernoulli's principle. So we have to ask, are there not principles to political change, scientific principles? And what about someone discovered them, which is what I've discovered? And if those principles are founded in deep-rooted science, wouldn't you want to learn them? Otherwise, you're going to be a bumbling fool. Oh, Trump, Bernie, AOC. Obama, a lot of Trumpers voted for Obama. So people are like grifters because they're not founded in any science. So be like, oh, let me try this wire. Oops, I killed myself. Oh, let me try this wire. Oh, I burned the house down, right? That's what people are doing right now. So having said that, I want to play you something because after, and I'll come back to what happened in our court case here, but I realize that we need to build a technology platform, a platform which teaches people First part is educate people. Here's the physics, and I can teach you this in three hours. Not like you have to go to MIT. I can teach you it in three hours, and I'll give you tools, I'll give you books, but you can learn this. Second, I'm gonna build a platform where you can commune with other people so you don't feel alone. Independent of Facebook, independent of big tech. I have my own data center here. You know, For 20 years, I helped the largest Fortune 1000 companies. So that's the second piece. And third, we teach people how to take that knowledge Take the community building, go local. Screw politicians, screw elections, because as you're going to learn, there's selections. You know, here's a card people can use, people can print, which will educate people on why you need to boost the immune system. Hand this to your friend. Here's a card, what a mask does for oral health. You educate people. So we want to train people to be educators. So let me play this for you. Sure. Um, So everyone here, I'm going to play the video you guys are heard, but let me play this for everyone. Um, I think you can hear it. Oh, one second, um, Sean, I have to, there's a trick here since you're on Zoom. Okay, I got it here. So this is a video that everyone can see, but this video I'm going to play for you um, is really, is it's, it's a great video because it should inspire people to get off their butts and go get educated first. And, you know, if I were your professor at MIT, you know, I'd be telling you, look, you're going to get an F if you don't take the course because you're already screwing yourself. It's like you're literally jumping into the world thinking you're going to fight people or you're thinking you're going to build a bridge and you don't know what you're doing. So let me play this video. And um, everyone can go to vashiva.com slash join. The video's there. And you can support this platform we're building. And, and Sean, what you guys are doing, you guys should also be – a lot of your viewers are going to like this, but we have to go – to see, get serious, it's not about being running around like uh, chickens with their heads cut off. We have to take a little bit of time and we have to become good students. Let me play this. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within and the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them, that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. 
they don't, this reality is what people need to wake up to. And we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom, and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four-year-old kid, studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they, they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. We got to train people. First, with understanding what a system is. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, right? Talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas, hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up, working people, people who work united. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people. They have to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, forget celebrities. You've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is a not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is a not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the, the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow, you know, some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change. Bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote-unquote people. That's where we're at. So these four concepts... I've built into a curriculum. People can go to bashiva.com, and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics, and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people. Two years of MIT control systems, I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it. Anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, i got to build a bottoms-up movement. They have to get politically astute, and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there 
on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, be, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaigns expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on V as in Victor A. Shiva, vashiva.com, so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to vashiva, Victory America Shiva, vashiva.com. Anyway, Sean, that video, it, 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 it articulates what needs to be done because, you know, I've never, I don't push things on people, but I can tell you this, that we're at a very good historic time in history because without, without us going through the Trump thing, uh, I think it's left people disillusioned in a good way. Now people are open because people had to, in some ways, go through the Trump phenomenon. So, you know, they went through the Bernie phenomenon. Okay. Now we're twice. going through the Trump twice, but now we're going through the Bernie phenomenon. So remember, in the, you have the eagle. In the middle of it, you have the working people. And the left and the right, quote unquote, left and right, are always trying to manipulate the working people. They want to bring them into the Worldwide Wrestling Federation. They want to make working people uh, part of the, the WWF. They, they're going to sell you tickets, enslave you more, and they want you listening to them. That's what these two idiots, Meghan Markle and the other fool, were doing, right? Same thing. I mean, anyone listening to those people should be ashamed of themselves. We should feel no sympathy for these people. Meanwhile, I mean, it's just, it's just quite inexorable how the establishment can wield its power through brainwashing people that we should even care for these people. Meanwhile, when you look at the arc of at least American history, world history, the American working class is always been the most powerful force against the establishment. Late 1800s, it was the American working class because the center of the Industrial Revolution was right here in Lowell, Massachusetts, the center of it, where the first mills came, etc. It was women who rose up. And, and it was men and women, black and white, all over were rising up for infrastructure in this country. Elimination of child labor, health, sanitation. And that's why we, between the 1900s and 1940s, all that infrastructure was forced to be given by the elites. And people should go study their history. And when you study that history, you find out it wasn't like, I keep saying this, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the Democrats and Republicans, they were all a bunch of racists and casteists and elitists during the 20s. You know, they were all partying away. Working people were getting screwed. And it was a bottoms up working people's movement that during 1948 to 1971, you had the biggest explosive growth of the American pie for everyone. And it was because of those powerful movements. And even during the 40s, 1940 and 71, the trade unions were still pretty strong. You know, the elites were scared of them. I'm talking about not Democrat-run trade unions. I'm talking about bottoms-up unions. But starting in 1971, the unions in this country became absolutely all mobsters. They all sold out. They, in fact, signed agreements. Workers would never strike. But if you go look at the graph of between 45 to 71, there were hundreds of millions of actual American workers who had struck you know, would do mass actions on the ground. After 71, it's like a few million. So what happened? Because starting in 1950s, mid 50s, the right wing, so-called right wing, started the McCarthy era. Oh, if you 
go fight bottoms up. If you are a worker and you stand up for workers' rights, you must be a communist, right? They branded you with the red scare and everyone followed into that, right? And the left took advantage of that. And like I said in the video, they created these top-down unions, okay? And the purpose of those unions was to suckle people right back into a top-down model. And that's where we're at today. So you have Bernie Sanders keeps them in, you know, Elizabeth Warren, the Democrats, keep them stuck to these corrupt unions. And the left and, and the right says, oh, if you go do that, you're a socialist, you're a communist, you're a Marxist. They got all the terminology wrong. We're actually talking about fascism. They don't want to attack that because left and right are both involved in screwing over working people. So when you look at actually manifestly Trump, he said a lot of things, but at the end of the day, let's follow that arc. So in September, I decide to, uh, you know, uh, our, uh, our primary election is held, September 1st, 2020. If you just look across Massachusetts, you come here, everyone knew we won. It was the word landslide was everywhere. We had, we must had 15 major highway billboards, 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers. We were everywhere, Sean, everywhere. You couldn't not, not see us. Everyone knew that Dr. Shivan, this sent fear into the heart of the Massachusetts GOP Republican establishment. They had found a fool who had made his website be cock for Senate. Literally, this is this marketing. He was trying to say AOC, KOC, cock for Senate. A fool who could barely talk, couldn't even articulate. A second, third rate lawyer, someone, a lawyer contacted me because I went up against that guy. He was one of the worst lawyers I've ever gone up. He came totally disorganized. That's who they found. So this guy is who they find. He had no lawn signs, no bumper stickers. We had 3,000 volunteers. And our volunteers were not Bernie students. They were working people who would go to work and then do standouts every day. That's what's so sick about this. And Donald Trump, none of them supported us, not once, not once. So-called the Trump establishment here, but we had every Trumper here knew about us. I'd go to a Trump event, people just come in throngs because they knew we were the real fighters. So September 1st comes, you know, we had a huge party. We knew we had, the word was landslide, not even like, sort of landslide. The night before the election, the Secretary of State announces that only 150,000 people will vote in the Republican primary. It was really weird. Consistently, there's been about 260,000 people who vote. Why is he saying 110,000? We had an emergency meeting. We knew that some fix was in. We knew the numbers were going to be around 400,000 people voting because mail-in the ballots were there, all the Trump wave. So we knew something was going to happen. And this was a headline which said record turnout. So they're saying we're going to have 50% less people in the Republic and doubling of the Democrats. It made no sense. Election night comes out. We were campaigning all the way to the, to the end. We find out that I win in Franklin County, which was 90% hand counted ballots. Fact. Everyone can go look at it. In every other county, which is predominantly machine counted, I lose 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40, 60, 40. I'm sorry, this is a pasty faced white guy who grew up in Greenwich, Connecticut, who never campaigned. He wins in all Hispanic Lawrence. He wins in, you know, predominantly black Brockton. I mean, I was, the town I won in was all white working class. Everyone loved our campaign. Truth, freedom, and health was everywhere. Everywhere I go today, I voted for you. I voted for you. I voted for you. No one voted for this guy. No one even knew this guy. It's not even like Joe Biden sleeping it was worse than that. So, 
but I never believe election fraud took place in America. You know, I said, friends of mine, I thought, ah, these guys are just conspiracy theorists. Oh, Shiva, you're going to, and I said, okay, or whatever. But on September, when I saw those results, I knew that Massachusetts was truly a third world state. And as you said, they screwed over a guy who actually knows math. Yes, this is the problem they made. You know, not only did they screw over a guy who knows math, you know, I've been, my entire field is a field called pattern analysis. I've spent my whole life, my first job as a 14 year old kid in the university that I invented the first email system was I was analyzing baby sleep patterns. That's what I was doing. And, um, and I, I analyze, you know, ultrasonic patterns for the military, for NASA. Oh, I've been doing pattern analysis. So I said, wait a minute, let me apply my skills. And what I find is, first of all, these electronic voting machines have the capability to it's record. It's not even, it's, I mean, it's amazing that Tucker Carlson doesn't even put this up there. It's in the front, it's in page 126 of the Diebold voting manual. It's called a weighted race feature. It says you can have a feature where you can multiply votes by factors. So if you got a thousand votes, I got a thousand votes, they can multiply your votes by five and multiply my votes by 0.2. I get 200 votes, you get 5,000 votes. It's a feature. It was put in there for housing associations, for condo trusts, you know, where people own different amount of square footage. But why is, why is this feature certified in voting machines? This is done by the state election directors. So as I explore this, by September 9th, I mean, I, I get into stuff when I go into stuff. I, you know, I'm an immersion type guy when I study stuff. So I found out that all these electronic voting machines, you know, the paper ballots are read, you know, handwritten, you know, reviewed by a human being, but on electronic voting machines, they run through the machine and the machine creates a photograph, like a photo. And that photo is what is analyzed by the machine. So what is the ballot? It's a ballot image. And so I said, and and uh, I had heard in one of the manuals that sometimes they can turn off the ballot image feature if they turn on the computer algorithms. I said, that's interesting. Why would they do that? So I issued a public records request and I, on September 9th, and I went to the Secretary of State. I said, I want the ballot images by USC 2070152. You have to preserve them for a federal election. They blatantly tell me on camera, we don't save those images. We turn that feature off. So I get on Twitter. Now, remember, I've been tweeting about election fraud at that time, vaccinations, everything on Twitter, on Facebook. No one's ever taken me off. But then I start tweeting against Massachusetts election fraud. Twitter never took me off. But on September 25th, when I put out this very important tweet where it's an email interaction with the secretary of state, she's admitting, A, they destroyed ballot images, B, boasting that they don't have to preserve them, never citing the law, and in me saying you violated federal law, those four emails I put up on Twitter, bang, I'm thrown off after I think 19,004 tweets I'd done up until that point. I'm, I'm suspended in a series manner. Uh, for you find, you find out later that it was the government itself that reached yes. out to Twitter to shut you down. Yeah, so, so, so yeah, it's the government of Massachusetts that reached out to Twitter. The government of Massachusetts reached out to big tech. So let's forget big tech, big tech, big tech, big tech, right? That's what the GOP is now doing. Big tech, big tech, cancel culture. Those guys are part of cancel culture. By the way, Matt Schlapp of the GOP CPAC, complete scumbag. When we were doing our Elizabeth Warren thing, we had a booth at CPAC. He kicked us out because he was supporting the guy here, the fake handshake guy. So now Trump is being embraced by CPAC, okay? It's all about money, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. Trump and his family and the RNC and Save America make money off this. And I'll come back to that, all right? It's unfortunate. 
So just like people get people riled up about racism, right? On the left, there's a lot of organizations which make money off fighting racism. They never fight it. It's like people say they're going to fight cancer, Susan Komen Foundation. They never fight cancer. They never solve it. They talk about it, put beautiful blue ribbon or pink ribbons and all this kind of stuff, okay? This is what people need to wake up to, the not-so-obvious establishment. So we put up those tweets, right, up on uh, Twitter. And on September 25th, I'm banned. So I had moved my campaign to now beyond the primary to a write-in campaign. So our volunteers are out there. So they throw me off Twitter in the middle of a federal election campaign, not for one day, but for three weeks. So I wasn't allowed to tweet at all. It is my platform. I mean, I get up in the morning. I love it. You know, writing, I tweet, do three, four, five tweets. So I wasn't able to tweet. And uh, we had to find a lawyer because this is what interesting happened. I didn't know enough about election law. I knew I wasn't going to be able to win Twitter on uh, the Section 230 because they have the Section 230 immunity. But interesting enough, a newspaper called Lead Stories, which does, quote unquote, fact checking, uh, did a hit job saying, oh, Shiva is spreading, uh, lying. Ballots were never destroyed. They're all fine. I, I never said ballots. I said ballot images, you fool. Right. But they had talked to the secretary of state and she had told them, yes, we contacted Twitter to get him shut off. I knew I had a big case right there. OK. Yeah. So what did I do? I then decide to uh, do the following. We we uh, we let me just uh, we decide to um, getting up. So we decide to file a federal lawsuit violation of the First Amendment. That's what we did. Violation of the First Amendment. And the violation of the First Amendment was not against Twitter, but against the government of Massachusetts, which had contacted Twitter to shut down a U.S. Senate federal candidate. I knew we had him by the short hairs because we had that article. And by the way, no lawyer wanted to take this on. No lawyer wanted to take on the swamp at all. So I had to represent myself. Never, you know, I've been in various lawsuits, won various ones. I used to do a lot of the writing, right? Because I don't trust a lot of lawyers. So here I had to present myself. It was me against three lawyers for our hearing. So we went to the judge. We filed a federal lawsuit and we asked for the following. We asked the lawyer that, I mean, the judge, we wanted them to put a restraining order on the secretary of state to no longer contact Twitter. Okay. And now judges don't give restraining order hearings. The judge decides to hear us first victory. Second, we also filed a $1.2 billion lawsuit. So you have the big lawsuit and the cover sheet, which is the restraining order hearing. The judge gives us a hearing. I have proven in court that they did in fact contact Twitter. We also came out in testimony and Tucker Carlson should be talking about this. Where's Glenn Greenwald, you know, the so-called, you know, investigative journalist. Because this will expose both left and right. What we found out was the government has a Twitter partnership. It has got a trusted Twitter partnership. So when they call and they complain about you, Sean, it is different than me complaining. They have a hotline. So that came out. The social media director spilled their guts. Then we found out they also had contacted another organization called the National Association of State Election Directors, a woman called Amy Cohen, who started CEIR, Center for Election Innovation Research, which was funded by Zuckerberg in September to centralize vote tabulation. 
So NASED, National Association of State Election, also had contact to Twitter. Why? I'm, you know, what's what's so, what's what's scaring them so much? Well, because I was exposing the fact that they destroyed ballot images. It is a policy that they have, which is violation of federal law. I went to, I, I contacted Barr's office. I contacted the FBI. I went into the U.S. Attorney. They did nothing. Trump does not talk about ballot images. If you'll talk, if you'll hear, he doesn't talk about the computer algorithms. He talks about mail-in ballots. Okay, so by October 30th, we had one second big victory. They got the judge gives us that restraining, the terms of that restraining order. They try to dismiss my motion. They fail at that. Three victories in one lawsuit. No media has covered this. Trump didn't even tweet about this. Why? Then on the other side, we have the following, right? We have the following taking place. Um, we have the fact that I also file another lawsuit for decertification of the entire U.S. Senate election. I do my mathematical analysis, all those four degrees at MIT, all the work and pattern analysis, and I discover what's called a unicorn. I find out that there's a very interesting pattern where you have low number of votes, and it's clear they multiplied by votes by about 0.666, and they multiplied the other guys by 1.2. We filed it. There's a lot of mathematicians in Massachusetts at MIT. They could get any expert. They have yet to file a re rebuttal to my mathematical analysis. They filed a whole nother multi-page lawsuit to get the, uh, to deny it. Well, the judge denied their motion to dismiss. A motion to dismiss. Fourth victory. Most recently, the judge also granted us my fifth victory. You could look at it. He said that I. He goes, I want to before I can give you complete relief in lawsuit one. I want you to also bring in Twitter. That's what we just did recently. Okay. That's great. So now, so now Twitter has to be held to account for what they did. Yes. Well, well, the reality what we're what we're showing here, Sean, is that this is very important. The government contacted Twitter. Twitter was what's called cat's paw liability. Twitter was a cat stealing the chestnut, right? Getting its hands burned, but it was following orders from the monkey, which is the one that wanted the chestnut. Okay, which was a government. It's a very famous Aesop fable story. There's a precedence of law called cat's paw liability, which is what I argued successfully in court, that Twitter was the agent doing the government's work. And this is what people need to understand that. So we had done all this analysis. You know, I had a great team built and all of this we did for nothing. We didn't raise, you know, we didn't say, give me 300 million. So when the, when the election occurred with Trump, I was ready. I was the one who did the Michigan analysis that went viral. You know, I, I basically said a parabola went into the voting booth and out came a straight line. It should not be a straight line. And some doofus mathematician in England doesn't even understand pattern analysis. And, oh, Shiva's saying it's a straight line. It's all, yeah, it's a straight line. No, you idiot. It's not supposed to be a straight line. It's supposed to be a parabola. It's like a certain, you know, when you get a heartbeat, it's supposed to be this QRST pattern. It's not supposed to be a sine wave. So we did that. Then Mark Meadows calls me when that tweet was going viral. Never heard from this guy, never helped us during any of our campaigns. So this is the White House chief of staff calls me and um, I said, Mark, what is it? I was just teaching one of our truth, freedom and health classes with about 40 students. And they were, they said, well, Mark Meadows is going. Everyone heard me talk to him, a lot of eyewitnesses. And, and, and I said, Mark, what do you want? He goes, oh, how can I, what can I do to help? Remember, we're doing this all on our own. No one's funding us. I'm not getting paid $100,000 a week like Giuliani is. And I said, Mark, I need data. Give me data and I can, because they have all the data, 
all the data. I said, I can explode this. He goes, okay. Sunday, I call him back and I showed him some beautiful data on Michigan. I said, look what I just did, Mark, overnight. Get me more data. Monday comes. Remember, this is urgent now, right? You want people like me. And he called you. He called me from the White House. Chief of staff, which means a right-hand man to the president of the United States calls me. So I'm thinking he's going to get me data like that. So Monday goes by. Tuesday, I get a call from the RNC head, Rona McDaniel's office. They said, Dr. Ayadure, you want to help you, right? I said, I need data. So I, so I gave them a list of data that I needed. They said, okay, we're, we're going to be flying. We're going to be at the RNC servers. We're going to get you this data. That went on and on and on for another week, which is like, you know, light years going by. And then I said, wow, is Trump really want to win? Like, what the F is going on here? And so I tweeted out a tweet that got 32,000 retweets where I said, dear President Trump, dear Mr. Biden, as an MIT PhD or something like that, I have data which can conclusively show we no longer have one person, one vote in this country. I'm willing to share it with you openly. Please facilitate your people to contact me. Are you concerned? Question mark. So that tweet went viral. That's when Eric Trump reaches out to me on Twitter. He says, Dr. Shiva, we are concerned. So I said, okay. I said, I don't believe people really want to help your father. I said, I'm not getting any data. You know, I, I have all the tweets saved. Okay. So um, then he says, oh, call our uh, lawyer at the Trump campaign committee. So here I have the RNC, I mean, the White House, one organization, the RNC, the other organization who's done nothing so far. And Eric Trump telling me to go talk to the RNC. I mean, to, to his campaign, you know, the Trump campaign. Talk to them. I said, look, I don't think the RNC wants to do anything. They're not sharing with me any data, right? So he says, no, no, no. He goes, we have the data. We just hired an expert. I said, are you going to give me the data? Because they're waiting on you for the okay. Because then I realized they're the ones who have the data. It went like in this big circle. They never give the data. That went on for two and a half weeks. Finally, and remember, they're hiring people tons. Of, and by the way, if you look at that time, they changed their messaging from voter fraud to election fraud. We had put out in Massachusetts during September and October, 1.5 million of these cards which said stop election fraud. Our volunteers did that. No one helped us, Sean. Bottoms up. So we realized at that point the Trump campaign is full of shit. And I'm watching their behavior and I'm realizing there, they, there seem to be some conflicting things going on because they reach out to you. Why would they do that if there wasn't right, so let's someone, talk about, so, someone so, genuinely interested? And then they go against their own initial you know, initiation right. and, and don't follow through. So, so there, there must have been some infighting about actually following through on that. Or something much more different. So you have the two wings of the eagle. Then there's the actual working person like me, an engineer, who's actually going, wants to actually destroy, stop, get clean elections. Like I'm actually going at the real crime scene, which is what we put in our lawsuit. We said the real crime scene is a computer algorithms. You see, the RNC doesn't want to use the word election fraud anymore. They don't want to use that. That's like become like a redheaded stepchild now. You know, they don't want to use that word. So they say mail-in ballots. You'll find all these dweebs in the GOP now sending out emails, mail-in voting. We have to stop. That's not the issue. Mail-in voting has been around for a long time. That's not the issue. The issue is what occurs in those machines. And there's so many interesting business processes there that take place. It's the machines. It's the elect. And it's not Dominion. It's not China. It's people right here.
So I disagree with this Chinese, you know, China, China, China's going to do stuff, but it needs, you know, the other half here. So I'm going to do it for them here. So by January 2nd, I came to the conclusion something's really wrong. And, and, and still, I was very supportive. We were going to organize a bus to go down on January 6th. I had gone down the week before. I gave a talk. At, you, you can see it at the um, Freedom Plaza. I gave one at, uh, at uh, the Supreme Court. That was the week before, right after Flynn spoke, you know, talking about one person, one vote, talking about our lawsuit. But on January 6th, we were going to organize a bus. And then I see a character who's running Stop the Steal. who's quite an unscrupulous character. Go look him up. And I said, what the hell is Trump doing with these guys? I said, this guy's raising money and he had registered Stop the Steal in September. Okay. And he was the one who was doing the thing at the Capitol. I said, this is so effed up. I said, I had had it with Trump at that point. I said, Trump's, I, you know, is he that stupid that everyone he surrounds himself with is the Jareds and these guys like this, you know? So I said, I knew something was going to happen. I pulled our entire bus. I said, we're not going. And I said, look, I think Trump's part of this whole thing. And I showed a picture of this guy. And I said, this guy, Ali Alexander, is working with Trump, okay? Who was part of Conservative Inc. So they're that other wing of the right wing, of, you know, to keep people connected. And they're making money off this, guys. Trump made a shitload of money, the RNC and the DNC, talking about election fraud. Yet they did not want to go after election fraud. So when I did Arizona, the reason they needed to reach out to me, Sean, is because I'm going after the real thing. All the Trumpers are like, wait a minute. Shiva's here fighting real election fraud. So they needed my brand, my connection to keep their brand equity going. That's my analysis. Because but they, they ended up shooting themselves in the foot because they never followed through giving you the data. So that makes them look bad. And, and no, it makes them complicit. Okay. And the details I started hearing and I went down to help. Lynn Wood, you know, finally got us some data on Arizona, one of his guys. Uh, you know, I went down to help Sydney and, you know, but I saw these guys are completely freaking disorganized. There was no strategy. There was no team. I had more of that in my own organization here. These guys had nothing. Just bumbling people running around, filing lawsuits. With, you know, all of their lawsuits were thrown out. I look at their lawsuits and the arguments are frankly stupid. Except the Texas lawsuit, right? All of them were just garbage. They weren't going after the real crime scene. And I think their lawyers were selling them out. I think... Whatever is going on, they were cha-ching, cha-ching, cha making money over here, all the kabuki theater. When I did Arizona, you know, Giuliani cross-examines me, but they never followed up with us. The next, by the way, a, a friend of mine was supposed to do that, a different presentation. He gave me his slot, so I don't think they knew about me. I think I caught him off guard. Right. Bottom line is we in Massachusetts, I as an engineer, the working people, we're going after the real issue. We're not compromising. And then at Freedom Plaza on January 6th, you have Donald Trump Jr. to show up, that Kimberly Guilfoyle, they weren't even anywhere. Ivanka Trump, right? Where were these people? They weren't around. Jared and Ivanka were gone. So people need to wake the hell up. Bernie and Trump, they are the things that the establishment Republicans and Democrats need to keep the working masses interested in the WWF. And to the extent they make Trump look like he's against the RNC or Bernie's against the DNC, right? But they're all still bringing us back into the establishment. The only way forward, as history shows, is a bottoms-up movement. If we don't do that, it's foolish. And the good news is 
working people actually work for a living. When we teach them our course, when they take the work, they get it. So we're not interested in people. Well, what about Trump? You know, what about Bernie? He says a lot of nice things. Well, he did, you know, no, you don't get it. These are all frills to keep you interested. They have to give the masses a few, you know, muffins and cakes and some, you know, shakes over here once in a while. But go at the core of it. Now, one indictment against Hillary Clinton. Lock her up as the entire campaign. Not one, not, not one thing. Second thing, trust the plan. So when you step back and you unravel the whole thing, what you will find is follow the money. And what you'll find is that starting in 2008, when quantitative easing was put in force by Obama, it was to keep interest rates low. So the elites could run their bogus businesses, which really have no fundamentals. There's been a huge wealth transfer, you know, that was helped along by shutting down uh, Main Street and allowing, you know, Amazon and, and everyone else to keep on making money, Walmart. Um, so what do you think Trump's going to do with Save America, PAC and all this money um, that they're going to bring in? Because from, from my standpoint, it seems like he's trying to reform the Republican Party from the inside out, that he's becoming the kingmaker and he's endorsing people he wants to win and he's trying to force out the romneys and the, the cheneys and all those types of rhinos so what, what do you think well let's let's so let's talk about that so we have an interesting discussion okay someone said he had to expose the bad guys to be arrested okay so look this is why i'm gonna say i'll keep saying this the day that working people win liberation is when they not break from the establishment but break from the not-so-obvious establishment. So you have to, again, go study the physics of history. Go back to the uh, anti-war movement in the 1960s, if you go study that, right? The United States enters Vietnam. Uh, people are against the war. And what ends up happening is you have a... Um, uh, uh, it's a huge opportunity for the weapons makers, right? They wanted to prolong this war. Uh, people start fighting. Now, who started fighting? They presented Barry Goldwater as the warmonger, right? <coughs> He's a Republican. He wants a warmonger. He wants, right? And the Democrats were all, oh, they're good people, okay? They need to be reformed a little bit. So the anti-war movement had all these very, a uh, lot of, you know, liberal kids who didn't want to go fight. They're out on the streets wearing their tie-dye shirts, becoming hippies, smoking a lot of weed. That was sort of the extent of the movement. It was counterculture. But as it proceeded, the anti-war movement, they were still, the anti-war movement was always a, a, a part of the Democratic Party. The dialectic was the Democrats are against war, the Republicans are pro-war. Then in 1968, after the bombing of Com Cambodia, you know, that was a Democratic convention was taking place. And inside the Democratic convention, Lyndon B. Johnson had machine guns on the floor of the Democratic convention. Why? Because there was huge protests outside. The cops were unleashed to go beat the beat the heads of these protesters. And that's when the movement woke up. They said, holy shit. Lyndon Johnson is also pro-war. Both of these parties are pro-war. And when the movement broke from the left wing of the Democrats or the right wing of the Republicans, that's when it took off. And within 16 months, the war ended. So all those 10 years of you know, connecting to one wing. Oh, we, we got to get this congressman elected. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. It's all bullshit. They will never allow anyone who's bottoms up working people because it's selections. These voting machines can select. If anyone gets elected, either they're not a threat or it's by design. 
It's maybe hard. The system's been exposed now. There, there's all-time lows in confidence in elections. So there's always been all-time lows. There's a, in in Massachusetts, 5.7 million registered voters. I'm uh, sorry, 5.7 million eligible voters. 4.5 million uh, are registered. Only 3.2 million vote. That means the working people already know this is garbage. So I knew that as a kid. I just had to relearn it. But the point is this. Remember, politics is a money-making game, Sean. It's a it's a money maker. You 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 raise money from people. You get donations. The consultants get paid. It's it's an industry. Let me repeat. It's an industry. It's no different than the shoe industry. It's no different than the the watch industry, right? It's no different than the computer. It's an industry, right? Pepsi versus Coke. Trump versus Biden. Trumpo versus it's it's an industry. So if you want to be part of the industry, go. But do you want change? That's a different question. How does change occur? How have so you got to step back and say, how have working people ever won any liberation? How did we get the eight-hour workday? How do we stop child labor? How did we get nutrition? How do we build highways? How do we get any of these major gains? How did Susan B. Anthony get the uh, women's right to vote? She was fighting for universal suffrage. Both parties laughed her out. She went to the streets. She built a bottoms-up movement. So. I want people to stop thinking, oh, my God, Trump's going to do this and shit. Oh, this politician. They're not going to do jack for you because the machine is about, look, the guy I ran against, he raised, you know, in the first campaign about a couple million. You know where 80 percent of that went? 250,000 went to this fool Howie Carr, who's a hit job guy. 80 percent of that money goes to consultants and media companies, guys. From one news story I read, I said in the, half of the money that the Trump campaign raised went to a media organization, which is run by the Trumps. People need to wake the hell up. Stop being fools. Talk is cheap. Lock her up. Lock her up. Lock her up. Okay. We all got into that. What happened? Ivanka Trump and Chelsea are like this. Go, go to the Upper West Side. Go to the Upper East Side. See who can afford to live there. They're all in the same circle. So you're the fools if you think Trump in supporting this candidate, that candidate, it's all a shit show. No different than Bernie supporting ASC and Elon Omar, blah, blah, blah. They just have the frill edges, right? Because the establishment needs those people to keep you connected to this, to this uh, selection-based electoral process. That's what you realize. It is not based on change. How do we get real change? How do we stop election fraud? How do we get medical freedom? How do we stop GMOs? How do we, um, uh, today, if you're making $50,000, you should actually be making 120,000. How do we stop this? And meanwhile, the GDP has grown. That GDP growth, you didn't get your portion of it, even though you contributed to it. So people are sitting around talking about this nonsense and thinking Trump is playing ninth dimensional chess we're not asking the right questions. So the establishment has us exactly where they want us. When they have us watching Meghan Markle and Prince Harry on TV, they have us where they want you and feeling sad for them. Well, I think since since the people on the left have been screwed over by Bernie two times, and since people on the right are feeling burned from the election uh, with Trump, uh, the public sentiment is really ripe for third parties. Now, have you, we're still early on on this, but do you, see any possibilities well look i i don't i don't i don't look the party infrastructure uh is also becomes corrupt the issue is go back to first principles what is it you want 
Do you want truth, freedom, and health? Do you want clean air, clean water, clean science? You know, what is it you want? Let's go at that. And then you have to work yourself backwards. That's what engineers do. How do you get public health? Well, you need to build people's immune systems. Okay, how do we get that? How did we get that in history? Well, 1900s, infectious disease rates were 14 out of 100,000 people using measles. By 1950, dropped down to one out of two million. How did that occur, Sean? It occurred because of infrastructure. The plumber and the sanitation worker did more for eliminating measles than did the doctor. And how did they do that? There was a massive ground up movement. So Can you use election integrity as an example. That's what people want first. Right. So the way we get integrity. election integrity. So tonight, everyone should watch what I'm going to. We've put together what I did here in Massachusetts that everyone listening can become a warrior in their own towns to get election integrity. It's not going to happen from Trump. It's not going to happen from Save America. It's not happened from the RNC. It's not going to happen. They're going to use you. Oh, give me money. I'm going to. Yeah, this happened to me. Yeah, you didn't do shit. You didn't fight. You said you weren't going to concede and you conceded. Now you're starting a super PAC and watch where the money flows. Sean, where does all this freaking money go? We printed these cards. So, you know, people go on. To, let me just show you uh, what we built as a platform to win that. So I'm going to show you this. Let me just share my screen again. Okay. Uh, let me share the screen here. So this is in a very practical way. So, you know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an engineer. So I built a platform. So people go to vashiva.com slash join. And is this a pitch for you guys to do it? Damn right it is because it's the only thing that we have to do to win. And I know how to win now. It is we have to build a bottoms up movement. And that movement has to be based on working people. So when people join, they can join. You can contribute to this platform, as I say, in vashiva.com slash join. It's in, it's in our own infrastructure, Join. We're not stupid like Parler going to Amazon. You know, I built the largest data center in the world for the, I mean, the, the data center hosted the most number of Fortune 1000 companies for email processing, okay? So if you look here, let me go down to this. And if people go over here and they go to, after they, by the way, you can donate to this platform. You can become a warrior where, you, where I give you an amazing educational program or you can uh, get book knowledge or you can just be a member. But here on this platform, what we've done, Sean, is, when people log in, we've literally created a platform. And this is not a platform, just a Twitter, just a Facebook. It's something more deeper than that. It's all, it's it's that, but it's much more. So what we have here, oops, is, so I'm logging in, all right? Um, and uh, we have close to now 40,000 uh, members in here, Sean, okay? I'm sorry, 150,000. Uh, people, and this has just been since November, 40,000 people have signed up for the educational programs. So when people log in, Sean, first of all, we have, this is a dashboard. So what do we have? First of all, we have a, um, we have the tools, okay? There is the educational tools. So when people sign in, they get the educational tools that allow them to learn the science. So first of all, every Monday evenings, they get Professor Shiva teaching them this. Three-hour class I do. They understand the foundations of systems that would take them two years to go get this at MIT. Then they understand what is a system. They understand the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Then they understand how to build up a bottoms up movement, why we have to do that. Then they understand what is a not so obvious establishment. Who is Trump and Bernie? So this is a five part course. I start with science and I teach them the principles of this. All right. Then Sean, what they can also do then is, and that I teach live and people can interact 
you know, through chat, they, they can come in. And then we've set it up in a way that they can actually go take a certification program. I want to actually have students who are willing to become alumni so they can go to the portal here after they listen to my live course, they can go online at their own leisure. They can go to the educators portal, right? And then they can, uh, this is a Truth, Freedom and Health program. They can literally, uh, you know, go through the entire course on their own and they can get certified. There's a quiz, there's an exam, Sean, okay? Does that make sense? So yeah, pe yeah. Pe people are actually le learning. They're going through the actual, like a student. Then they can also apply this same analysis to political systems. I give them something to this technology I created out of my work at my PhD work out of my Fulbright, where I actually teach people how they can use these principles to understand the forces of transport conversion storage, to understand what kind of body they have by answering, answering 30 questions, how their system is off course. And look, this red dot, this is where you want to be, homeostasis. Well, guess what homeostasis is to the universe? Truth, freedom, and health. So you want to bring ourselves back here. This teaches people how to use the inputs of food and supplements, et cetera, to get them back here. In the course, we teach people how we use the supplements of political force, inclusivity, transparency, system syncing. Then people get four different books, Sean. So I've actually created a course on political physics in some sense, right? So people, and they get this, I think we have about 100,000 people. So this is not about me to promote something. This is about bigger than email, bigger than Cytosolve, any of my other innovations is this is really a technology for people to understand how we liberate ourselves. So that's the education. Then Sean, that's just the only beginning. Then I want people to start communicating and interacting. We have the forum. When people go to the forum, um, you can see that we just launched this about a week ago, Sean, and you can see this, this works with your iPhone. These are all different groups people have created now, Sean. So people are communicating here. You see this? This is independent yep. of Facebook. This is independent of Twitter. People are having conversations. And these are our truth, freedom, and health warriors all over the world now. So that's how we're mobilizing. Then for our leaders in this group, we're also giving them the equivalent of our VA Shiva equivalent of Facebook. So here's uh, one of our guys, John's uh, account. So there's different groups. We're creating groups all over the world, all over the country. People can talk about their issues, but they're trained truth, freedom, and uh, health warrior alumni, right? So we want them to have conversations which actually help them understand what's going on. Okay, so the, here, here are different groups, voter integrity groups. So people are actually, so here's, for example, uh, uh, this was just a week ago, you have the Warriors uh, signing in, there's about 152 members. People are building their own pages. This is in our own infrastructure, Sean, the same infrastructure that I used to manage American Express, Citigroup, all these big companies, okay? So we're not relying on Amazon or any of those guys. And then, Sean, people also get access to a whole bunch of reports and tools, et cetera, and then videos. But most importantly, for example, people can then take local action. So for example, instead of going pro-mask anti-vax, uh, anti-max, this is, we've done the science. So here's a branding around the Truth, Freedom, Health movement, build awareness of the risks of mass to your job. But it's not just based on like conspiracy theory. We've actually done the research over three years with an institute in affiliation with Harvard, where we've shown that when you, uh, the oral microbiome in your mouth is critical to your mouth health. When you cover that, the mass disrupts your oral microbiome. This is why dentists are reporting more issues and the public health implications. So we are not going to try to say, you suck, you wear masks, right? That's not the issue. The real issue is educating people. 
that you're yeah, affecting. It's just a pro-science approach. It's a pro, you nailed it, man. It's a pro. So same on, you know, Robert Kennedy, he's a complete scumbag. You know, he's made his living off the uh, quote unquote anti-vax side. Okay. Our view is it's not pro or anti-vax. When I got into this, this is why we won in New Jersey and he's lost everywhere he's gone. He doesn't take a bottoms up movement. He wants everyone to give him money, right? Here we say, look, take this card, print it out. People are printing these cards out. Look, the issue is vaccines for all is based on an outdated science. We really want to beef people's immune system, okay? And we're saying, look, let's educate people. Let's bring people into the conversation. So this takes not the 30% who are anti-vax or pro-vax. It's about reaching out to the 50% who are our brothers and sisters who need education, Sean. So that's what this is about. This is a movement. It's a bottoms-up movement. So that's why I say that we have created the technology platform, the technologies. We've created the big tech, anti-big tech communication tools. We have, you know, I've been aground, you know, you can print out one of these cards, hand them out to your neighbors, educate them, and then drive them to the research. And if people disagree with us, let's have an open conversation. We want disagreement. So the inputs to our system are inclusivity, transparency, system syncing, freedom, you know, decentralization, not freaking Trump or Bernie. Not like, well, Trump is going to endorse this person. Yeah, because he's making money on the back end. I'm telling you, you want Trump's endorsement, da, 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 da. It's not all happening for free, Sean. None of it. I so I, I so, think it's uh, very it's, clever what you're doing and you're mobilizing a lot of people. Um, what's your next step besides following through on these lawsuits? Uh, do you plan on continuing to try to get into the system as, as a politician or what are you thinking now? Well, look, my if you look at my history, I never believed in electoral politics. That's why I never voted. When we ran for office, it was about a movement. OK, we just so happened to find out how scummy it was in terms of the machines. And you have a mathematician who's been studying systems all his life, who's a programmer. So this is a problem that they have. And this is we're going at the heart of the issue. Uh, Sean, we're going at the the real crime scene, which is a fact that we should eliminate all these voting machines. We should go. And you're hearing that from a technologist. You're hearing a technologist tell you that don't use electronic voting machines. It's quite antithetical. But I'm telling you, you know, when I used to run one of my companies, we used to process all the email for the biggest Fortune 1000 companies in the world. Um, and one of those companies had a very interesting litigation issue. Now, I, if I was a scumbag, I could have they could have paid me off and I could have just had those emails disappear. Right. So when you centralize vote tabulation, you can do a lot of scummy things. Delete ballot images, you know, increase error rates. So you do adjudicate. I mean, I can tell you all the ways that this system is flawed. But what we should do, we're going to talk about it tonight. It's a clean election movement. What we need to do is that the elections must election day must be off in India. You know, they're having election day. It's off. It's a national holiday. Everyone votes. Every kid, every adult should go work in their precinct to count paper ballots. Eliminate all of these electronic voting machines. Throw them in the garbage like the Tea Party. That's what needs to be done. It is too dangerous. Trump ain't saying that. Because you know no, what? The two things that I got from the CPAC speech were that he thinks that we should have one election day instead of multiple election days. And um, that we should have voter ID. Yeah. It's not going to solve it. It is. It has to be paper ballots. It has to be eliminate. And if you're going to use electronic voting machines, you better count. It has to be paper ballots, hand counted at the precinct level, the small precincts. They publish them up to the cloud and it's over. 
not like you transfer flashcards, all that stuff. It's counted then and there fully with observers, local exactly. people counting and eliminate all the voting machines, completely throw them in the garbage. And it has nothing to do with mail-in ballots, not all that stuff. Yes, you can have a voter registration card. You should show an ID, all of that good thing. Okay, that's easy. But the fact is that both parties, so this gets back to Trump. My opinion right now, 2016 was also a selection. They needed Trump because in 2008, they had started quantitative easing, which means transferring huge amounts of wealth to the stock market and keeping interest rates low. Well, small businesses were starting to explosively grow. The interest rate should be 6 to 8%. It's like keeping a lid on a boiling pot. They saved their big guys. Obama saved all of his friends on Wall Street. All the guys, by the way, um, that Trump brought in to run, you know, uh, to run his Fed Reserve and all those guys. Okay, those are the ones who were saved. So what happens in 2016? My view is they needed to do the Great Reset. They couldn't keep that pot on there all day. It was going to boil. They needed to really do a massive reset. Well, pandemic is a great reason. What does a great reset mean? you got to slow down the entire economy. Why do you need to slow it down? Because you don't want interest rates going up. If the demand for money goes up, interest rates are going to go up. So you must slow down the economy. Well, wouldn't a pandemic be very useful for that? A global pandemic. Perfect. Now, add to that, which force in the entire Earth, on the planet Earth, would have been the most powerful force against uh, the shutting down of American businesses? Well, America, because we have the most amount of small businesses. 25 million small businesses are what's the engine. You have to slow them down. It's like the elites needed to turn off that jet engine so they could keep their crappy engine going. Well, who would have been the most powerful force against that? Well, surely not the Australians. They don't have any weapons, not the Chinese workers. They're completely slaves. It, it surely is not going to be the surely it's not going to be the Indian worker workers, working class. It was the American working class who would never give up their Second Amendment rights. They knew that. So you bring in a white guy, a Trump, talks a lot of stuff, America, China, the Q. And during those four years, the American working class who voted for him, we waited and we waited and we waited, right? If Hillary Clinton was in power and friends of mine in Central Mass who own all their businesses were hardcore conservatives, they would have taken out their weapons, I believe. They wouldn't have let people, uh, Department of Health workers come in and do all, shut down their businesses. If Hillary so was there, controlled opposition Hillary, what means if Hillary, what I'm saying is you had to have Trump because you didn't want an uprising. Remember, two years before all this, there were 23 major protests all over the world. Two million people on the streets of Hong Kong, Venezuela. France. We forgot all that because the global movement was everyone was being suffocated. The global working class was being attacked. And there are two things were against corruption in every one of these countries. And against the economic uh, constraints. And that's what we have here. And they knew that was going to happen. So what do they do? They slow down the economy, use this pandemic, print $6.2 trillion. And I would really like to see Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner's, you know, how much money they made. So if Trump is controlled opposition, why do you think uh, the establishment has fought so hard against him and deplatformed him? Well, 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 it's, it's very interesting you ask that question, right? Let's look at Bernie. Go back to Bernie, okay? Bernie was attacked by the establishment. Bernie was made to lose the election, right? There, and he didn't fight back. He was told 
even in the primary, about the fact that there were these voting disorders. Go talk to Tim Canova. Tim Canova was a Bernieite who uh, had a very similar issue to mine in, in, with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. He took it to court. They were doing a hand recount in Florida, in Broward County, and all of his ballots were destroyed during the hand recount. Bernie didn't do shit to help him. Go talk to Tim Canova, okay? Go actually dig in deeper. You have to understand. So they, you know, they attacked Bernie. They wouldn't give him the time of the day, did they? So they need the dialectic of Trump. That's my point. I will believe Trump. I will believe Trump if he starts actually having Trumpers around him. I don't believe him anymore. I mean, I met with Don Trump Jr. multiple times. I said, look, this is a solution to fight against big tech. We must have the U.S. Postal Service. I, 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 the plan was there. It, I, I was commissioned by the Postal Service uh, ten, five years ago to do the plan. I said, the Postal Service is a public commons. Now, go talk to Charlie Kirk. He's telling an MIT guy, a PhD, to go talk to some 20-year-old fool who came from a rich family who's just conservative ink. I'm sorry. It was... He's not, and then Don Trump Jr. is talking about the Republican Party is going to be party of the blue-collar worker. You see what I'm saying? It's shifting. Obama gets to be the blue-collar worker. Now we go to the right. Let them handle it. Meanwhile, the shoulders and the, the eagle of the establishment gets to watch this nonsense and rake it in. It's WWF wrestling. It doesn't matter what you think Trump's a nice guy or this. Look at the end state. We're not building an independent movement. It just seems to me that the rhino side of the Republican Party is being forced out by Trump with, with what Trump's doing with his uh, political action committee, with his endorsements, his speaking out against Mitch McConnell and, and Cheney and so forth. It seems like uh, Trump has all the cards because he has the, the popular support. He's the one, his endorsement matters more than a Mitch McConnell or a Romney. Uh, so it seems like he controls the Republican Party by proxy right now. Well, I think you're missing something here, Sean. Go back to the central physics principle here, right? The establishment needs a dialectic. You follow what I'm saying? They need the yin and the yang. The establishment needs, I don't know if you, when I was a kid, we used to watch WWF wrestling, okay? I don't know if you ever watch these games or soap operas, you have the I'm protagonist. I'm familiar with it. It's, it's right. all, you know. You can't, you've got to have a, a, an antagonist and a protagonist, okay? If you... Uh, they needed Bernie. They didn't. They needed a. They needed a Bernie. They need an AOC. Okay. They need a Trump right now because if you look over to the right, it's going to be what Bernie versus Romney. It's not. It's not a good enough dialectic. Bernie versus Biden. Not. Not a good. I mean, Bernie versus uh, Tucker Carlson. Not really a good dialectic. You need Bernie versus Trump. You see, or that this versus this. Right. It's like you're putting on a freaking show. Now, so that's the first thing. The first principle here to understand is they need yin and yang. And the establishment needs that to keep the masses in the fold of not going away and building their own independent movement. A movement is very different than voting for a candidate. It's very different. And that whatever you see occurring over here, there's an infinite amount of motivation because there's so much money involved. Massive amount. Go look at Corey Lewandowski and go talk to people about him here in Massachusetts. It's a scumbag. So he's running the super PAC now. It's money, Sean. You got to ask the right questions. It is not about winning. Because if it were about winning in the last four years, you would have done a lot of winning things. 
Yeah, a lot of people are wondering why nothing was done about big tech with all of the rhetoric. Because the because the government needs years. Because the government. So part of the understanding that'll come out is the left and the right do horse trading together. If you go back to Obamacare, and I'll end on this, it's a little bit late here. If you look at Obamacare, Obamacare was fascinating. Obama was really consolidating big pharma, big hospitals, and big insurance. And he, they were concerned, the right was concerned he was going to eliminate the exemption on, on estate taxes. Okay. So a lot of people started transferring their wealth, which was a $3 million exemption. What does Obama do? He doesn't do that. He increases the exemption to 6 million. So we horse traded. Republicans got more, quote unquote, Republicans and quote unquote, Democrats. And at the end of the day, it was total consolidation for the left and the right. Meaning you had a Obamacare basically lifts big pharma, lifts big insurance and big hospital because it gives them a, a, a centralized way of eliminating real market forces. So they horse trade. What they're doing is saying, I have this, I have this. Okay, now you're going to give me this and I'm going to give me this. You see, every they use the masses as chips and then they sell us out. We are just riled up, riled up, riled up, and then sold out. Okay? We're basically in a poker chip. That's what we are. So people need to understand that we're being used. Whether it's Trump or Bernie, we're... Uh, we're chips on a table. It's not real because you had a guy at four years. I didn't see massive amounts of things that could have been done against Facebook or Section 230. Nothing was down to Fauci. In fact, if you look at the last four years of Hillary Clinton had done this, you'd be really pissed off. Forced vaccinations, mask mandates, censorship. Um, go down the list, right? Let me just put all this together. You'd be really pissed off. Wealth transfer to 600 billionaires. Massive amount of wealth transfer, $6.2 trillion. That's how much money they printed for the stock market. If this was Hillary Clinton had done this, what would the Trumpers be saying now? Just think of it. Just put that. Assume Hillary was here and everything was done. What would be the news headlines of all the so-called right-wing columnists? It'd be pretty brutal. So you have to look at, you had four years to go to college. Did you drop out or what did you, what did you do? Oh, well, I could have done this. I could have done that, but I didn't. I chose not to do well in that class. You know, my dog ate my newspaper. Well, you freaking got an F in everything. Or you really didn't study hard. You may have gotten some Bs. I see you a little bit. You played good at sports here and you tried over here. But at the end of the day, you got like a C or a D. Okay. That's what we have to look at. We cannot be apologetic because... We and, and, I'll, and I'll end on this note. The reason we voted for Trump and the reason the American working class has been screwed for so long, for 50 years now, is they're desperate for freaking change. Desperate. And they know that. Bernie knows that. Trump knows that. And they know how to turn on the little switches. And they want us to never start a bottoms up movement. And when they saw Dr. Shiva Duray start doing Michigan, start, they said, holy shit, this guy's going after the real election fraud. We're, we thought this was Kabuki theater. This guy's actually going after it. Mark, call him up. What the hell is he up to? Eric, contact him. It's like wag the dog. They were fighting a fake war. We were fighting the real war and we still are. So the issue is, do you want to get caught in the theater or do you want to be a real fighter? Remember, Trump used to hang around with Don King, Jesse Jackson, boxing, casinos, 
He's not a stupid guy. He used to run multi-level marketing stuff, okay? So you have to look at where people grow up in. What's the environment? And it's hard because the not so obvious establishment is the hardest thing for people to learn. Everyone know who Robert Kennedy is, Junior? Do you think he's an anti-vaxxer? I mean, yes, but he claims on his website that he's not. What does he say? He says that he's not against vaccines, but uh, for vaccine safety. Right. But what if I told you he's emphatically pro-vaccine? That he endorsed Hillary Clinton three times, who got 100 million. You see, he's a dialectic they set up. And when we found this out, he doesn't want us to build a bottoms up movement. He gets, you know, he gets a flyer on his little private plane. He gets invited. When I got into that movement, wherever he went, Sean, I noticed he lost. So what did I do in New Jersey when they were trying to pass the medical exemption bill? I said, no way. We build a bottoms up movement. We took our speakers down. 5,000 people. They, we scared the shit out of them. That's what stopped it. We got a victory. And he was saying, oh, she was going to upset the masses. You see, they want to keep it controlled. Trump campaign reaching out was, wait a minute. You know, I think a lot of people are waking up to the idea of controlled opposition. One, one good example is, is Fox News. You know, when Fox News called it for the Democrats, a lot of conservative people were like, you know what, I'm turning it off forever. And they're never going to get the viewership back. And that, that's just one example of people realizing uh, that the controlled opposition exists. Uh, so I, I'm hopeful, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see um, what Trump is going to do with all this political capital that he has. Uh, if he's going to squander it, I think it's going to result in a third party. If he can use it, I think he'll probably still have some some uh, gas left to go, you know, in this political machine that he's running. Yeah, well, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. You had all these foolish people run March 4th, something's going to happen. January 6th, something's going to happen. Remember, reality show TV. I used to be out in Hollywood, right? I used to be with someone who's from there. It's always getting you to the next thing. So the questions you're asking, Sean, don't take this the wrong way. They're the wrong questions. They're, that's the questions they want. What is Trump gonna do next? He's gonna do this, fuck Trump, excuse me. It is what is you gonna do? What is it every working person gonna do? And that is we need to understand the political physics. We need to go local. We need to build bottoms up movement. That's the only way things are gonna change. If you yeah. want real change, if we want theater and we want entertainment, fine. Get it. I mean, I'm saying if you want entertainment, watch Tucker. Great. You'll have good entertainment. You'll get all excited. You'll get think Tucker's real. If you want entertainment, watch Trump. If you want entertainment, watch Bernie. But if you want to change, don't fuck around. We got to build a bottoms up movement. And that takes homework. It takes physics. No different than the hardworking person who goes, builds a bridge, builds a home, builds a system. And the problem is when people don't get engineering training, when people don't have vocational technical schools, they don't understand it. My, I'm banking on the working people. I'm not banking on talk show hosts, none of these people. So I look at where, what people's training is. If they have a skill, they're going to be part of this movement. If they don't have a skill, they've never learned how to actually work in natural elements, they're not going to get it. They're going to ask the wrong questions. Anyway, I hope that helps. But we have yes. to build a bottoms-up movement. It's not going to come any other way. And the most important thing in life is the questions that you ask. And we have right now, people are starting to ask some good questions. And I'm going to, you know, sort of whack people when they ask dumb questions. It's not about Trump. Trump had four fucking years. And he had a 35-year-old kid and his daughter being his senior advisors. I'm sorry, there should have been interns in the White House. 
not senior advisors. That's like spitting on all of those many, many qualified people could have been in there. That's wrong. It's just wrong. And he Thank should. Thank you for your time, yeah. Dr. Shiva. I really appreciate yeah. your perspective and getting people on the ground to educate, to do civil disobedience when necessary, to uh, ensure our sovereignty. It's something I've exactly. So truth, freedom, and health is going to come from people. It's not going to come from billionaires, left or right. It's not going to come from a political party, third party. It's going to come from a bottoms-up movement. And when you have that bottoms-up movement, then you can go and it's people are grounded in knowledge then you can talk about a political party. But before that, we're preempting it. If we're gonna run for office, great, but run on it on principles to build a movement, not to get elected in office because the swamp is deep. We have to build a bottoms up movement first. Anyway, Sean, thank you. Thank you, Dr. Shiva. Really Be well. appreciate it. Be well, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, I hope that was valuable. That was, uh, I just did an interview and my intention in doing that interview was to really educate all of you that we need to build a bottoms up movement. And it's very, very important that you ask the right questions. We have to ask the right questions. It's not about what Trump does, what Biden does, it's about what you do. That's why we've created this technology scientific platform to educate you to uh, build community. So go to vashiva.com slash join. Let's build the movement for truth, freedom and health or basically or be enslaved. So that's what I uh, recommend people do. And I'll end with um, sharing with you the final video. Have a good evening. Everyone be ready this evening. We're going to talk about our plan for clean elections. Okay. And I want everyone to be ready for it. It's going to be a thing that everyone can do on the ground. Let's see if there's any other major questions here. Uh, someone said, okay, this Michelle says, you want people to be informed, you're gonna trash people. No, Michelle, uh, you have to ask the right questions. The issue is not trashing people, it's to enliven you to understand you have to ask the right questions. So when people ask questions, we must look at the question itself. Some people said, what is Trump gonna do? Well, that's a wrong question because it shows that your question is based on the assumption that somebody else is gonna do something to liberate our, ourselves. It's not gonna happen, it's gonna happen with you First of all, you need to understand political physics and you'll understand why questions are also important. I hope that helps. Next question is, um, this is interesting. Kushner Brothers, major holder of Patreon. I didn't know that, interesting. Um, Christina says, perfect answer, ask the right questions. We have to wake up and we have to get educated. It's not about being uh, talented or smart, there is certain chops. You have to learn learn certain skills. And without those skills, you're always gonna think that you know it all and uh, you're gonna try to run by the seat of your pants. And that can only work so far, guys. It's like, you know, if you get someone to help you in a particular area, in terms of training, like a good teacher, in uh, being an electrician or a plumber or an engineer, you learn much faster and you don't make mistakes. You could bumble around for 30 years and try to become an electrician. I guarantee you're gonna blow up a lot of stuff, all right? So anyway, um, to those people on Instagram, let me just finish up with you guys because we have people here listening on Instagram and they can't see the screen, so I have to make it accessible to them. So I hope you guys can see that. Um, let me just end by saying, keep an eye out this evening. We're gonna be doing a big, big, a whole thing on election. How do we get clean elections? So 
Um, let me finish here by, well, you guys have heard the, uh, the video. Please go enjoy it. Go to vashiva.com. Let me just share this with you and support this movement. It is your movement. It is a movement for truth, freedom, and health. And the only way we're going to win is building it bottoms up. The infrastructure that we've created here that we've shared with all of you over and over again um, is it's a platform. You know, the technology I created for email was a pretty significant technology, but I would argue as um, one of our interviewers recently said that this technology, the truth, freedom and health movement, um, we're building, we have our own hardware, own software. You can contribute. You can sign up to get training as a warrior. You can sign up to get the books, but you got to get educated. You're not going to go anywhere by the seat of your pants anymore. It's too complicated, but there is a physics. There is a science. So go to vashiva.com slash join, or you can go to vashiva.com slash warrior, okay? And become a warrior. And you can get direct access to all the tools. So please take advantage of that. There's a lot of knowledge here, but most importantly, this is a community that we're building for you. This is not just a, a, a place that you just um, uh, you know learn, but you can also get access to a number of tools that will also help you communicate with other people. So go to vashiva.com slash join, get educated, or like I keep saying, be enslaved. Get educated or be enslaved. Okay, thank you everyone. Have a, um, a good afternoon.